This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Well, I'll say this. There's no big breaking news in the NFL, which is different for a a change, right? So we walk into the day, we walk into the studio, and we still get to kind of look back at everything that's been going on throughout the course of the offseason, talk about what the Raiders have been doing, talk about what other teams in the AFC West have been doing, and kind of how the Raiders stack up. And, of course, uh, get your thoughts, get your texts, and your calls straight off that uh, that Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Really want to light them up today. we got a you know, a few guests to get to, but really want to light it up. Really want to hear from you, Raider Nation, uh, both, again, by way of the Salmon Ash text line and, of course, the Raider Nation listener line, 69187, keyword R&R. That is the Salmon Ash text line, and hopefully you use it early and you use it often throughout the course of the show. Coming up on the show today, the guests we have at 2.30, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and also the Review Journal. Kind of get a big just like an overhaul and just kind of look back at everything the Raiders have been able to do what this new front office has been able to do, uh, the players that they brought in, the players that have left the division, you know, just kind of really pick Ed's brain with everything that's been going on and really see where the Raiders stack up at this point. Again, I've said it a a thousand times. If I haven't said it 5,000 times, you're not winning anything in March, but it's nice to see how the team is starting to put this thing together. We were talking about it when Dave Ziegler took over and Champ Kelly took over, that we don't know what this regime is going to do. We don't know what their plan is. We have to sit back and watch. Well, we've been able to see ever since free agency has opened up, we've seen what their plan looks like it is. Of course, they still have to go into the draft, down a couple draft picks, but they, they'll go into the draft and handle their business, and then you'll start to see how this roster is assembled. And then the one thing I've noticed is I've looked over what, you know, New England normally does because that's all we ever heard when Dave Ziegler took over and, and Josh McDaniels was the head coach. Oh, it's going to be so much Patriot-like. As I kind of look back at what, you know, Dave Ziegler's been able to do this offseason and kind of think about what the Patriots have done, it's not really that Patriot-like. They're kind of really just doing their own thing. Like, Dave Ziegler kind of has his own little identity and his own thumbprint that he's putting on this team, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be Patriot-like. It just has to be whatever their vision is. So I've been noticing that it feels like that they really have a vision plan in place on what they want to do and how they want to get it done. It didn't, to me, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of, well, maybe we should do this or maybe we could do that. It was more like, Hey, we're going to go into this organization and this is the plan and this is how we're going to attack it. And this is how we're going to be successful. It, with all it, that, it feels really very, as a matter of fact, with all that Patriot talk, you never get to see what someone does when they're just the assistant. So they're probably just right. following Belichick's plan. Right. You got to do what Bill wants to do at the end of the day. Like you said, this is their plan. This is how these two guys that have been friends for years, if we, if we get to run a team together, this is how we're going to do it without the Belichick oversight. Right. And then you got Champ Kelly that you're bringing into the mix as well. He comes over from Chicago. He's worked with Dave Ziegler back at Denver. So I just feel like that as much as we talked about the Patriot way, this, that, and the other, I know a lot of Raider Nation got mad about that. All I think is that these guys have a firm plan. You know, and, and look, I was I was excited when John Gruden came back. I'll be the first to say that. I, I don't care. A lot of people were saying, hey, I'm glad that he's gone. Uh, didn't want him here to be. I'm not that guy. I was excited when he came back. I thought he knew exactly what it meant to be a Raider, what it meant to be a Raider head coach, and he had a plan intact. But it felt like after the plan started to be seen, 
that it was more of a, well, maybe this should be our plan, you know? And then we started seeing, hearing reports about, you know, he'll, he'll see something that he likes and then he won't like it for very long, you know? And then you kind of got that understanding. Once, once you, once you saw that and heard that and you actually saw it unfold, you kind of realized like, yeah, you know, and I use Kenyon Drake for an example. Remember Kenyon Drake was a big signing last year. And then for the longest, we didn't see him. We didn't even see him on the field. He was getting like hardly any snaps at all. It's like that quickly he went from being, hey, that's the guy that we really like, to eh, eh, whatever. I'm glad you said that because I was one of those people who was like, I don't know why the Raiders are bringing John Gruden back. It sounded good at the beginning. You said, like, I think it was more of the Raider ties in that Raider history. Right, it was. Because the tail end of, of his Tampa Bay run wasn't looking so good. And it is hard to be gone for 10-plus years and to just think, hey, I still know the NFL. There's There was a difference between calling games and actually game planning for those games. Right, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of it had to do with the Raider ties. Uh, everyone, including myself, the last time the Raiders were very successful, it was under John Gruden. I don't count Bill Callahan, even though they were in the Super Bowl with Bill Callahan. We all know that that was, uh, you know, John Gruden who had put together that team, and and we all know Bill Callahan just kind of guided the ship for a year. And, well, we all know how that all shook out, or a couple years, and we all know how that shook out. So I thought that it was going to be, you know, something good. Plus, not to mention... It was a team that I felt had some good talent. And then they tore it down, or he tore it down, and tried to reconstruct it. And I think that that was the first plan B in the plan. You know what I mean? That was the first, I don't think, and I'll go to my grave unless someone tells me otherwise, and say, I don't think he returned to the Raiders with any idea of tearing the thing down. But the first time it looked like, hey, this isn't going to work the way you think it's going to work, all of a sudden it became, okay, let's tear it all down. Got rid of all that talent fast. Real quick, real quick. So... You know, it's just it's to me, this regime feels like they came into this organization with an absolute plan. Like, this is how we're going to get it done. No ifs, no ands and no buts. It's going to get done like this. You know, they say it's my way or the highway. It feels like it's like, hey, this is going to be our way or it's going to be the highway. And And we're going to get it done. Also with McDaniels, I want to see what he can do with a top number one receiver. Going back to that Patriot Way stuff, maybe mm-hmm. he's always wanted, hey, give me a top five receiver and let me show you what I can do with it with a good quarterback. But he's never had that opportunity. Right. He's probably licking his chops more than anybody now that the Raiders have Devontae Adams. I mean, man, he's got a number one wide receiver. He's got a number one uh, tight end. He's got a number one slot. I mean, he's got number ones at every position. Number one running back with Josh Jacobs. And I'm not saying number one overall in the league. I'm just saying these are true number ones at their position. Yeah, he, he's got to feel good about the opportunities that he has. So we'll talk to Ed Grady coming up at 2.30 about all that. At 3 o'clock, Rob Collins from Fox 4 uh, Kansas City. Uh, I actually had an uh, opportunity to talk to him earlier this morning because he's got a lot of things going on with March Madness and the NCAA. So he wasn't able to join the show live. So I wanted to get the feedback of, you know, life after Tyreek Hill, what the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do. Now, they have made a, a move since then. Since uh, since I talked to Rob this morning, they've made a move. They went out and signed a Marquez Scan- uh, Scantley. How do you say his name? Valdez Scantley. There Mar- you go. Yeah, Marquez. Forget, can't forget yeah, that V. Yeah, can't forget that Valdez in it. But, uh, yeah, and he comes over from the Green Bay Packers, and he's a speedster. He's a guy that was actually tied in with the Raiders. That was a guy that people were saying that they were looking at him. So now he goes over to the Chiefs. So that's another wide receiver. He's not Tyreek Hill, but he's a guy with some speed. So it's just another addition to add to Kansas City. And as I mentioned in great length yesterday, They've got a plan. They're they're definitely going to put something together. They're not just going to use all that draft capital. They have 12 draft picks coming up. Woo! 12. And they have two draft picks in every single round, first through fourth. They have two draft picks. So 
Don't think that they're just going to sit on those draft picks. They're gonna. They're not just going to pick everybody. They're going to go out there and package some some guys, move up and and do some things. So I'm interested to see. But you'll hear that conversation I have with Rob Collins coming up at three o'clock. Again, he's from Fox Four, Kansas City, uh, talking all things Chiefs and just life after Tyreek Hill. Then coming up at 3.30 as the NCAA tournament gets started up again today. There's some really good games, including Texas Tech and Duke. Fired up about that. Jason McCormick from Stations Casino, he's going to join us to talk a little bit of the lines and uh, talk about how St. Peter's probably ruined everybody's bracket and probably cost uh, a lot of folks some money. I don't think too many people were laying money on St. Peter's, but if you did... You probably made a whole lot of money. You know exactly. that that's one of that's one of those uh, you know hidden gems. You sit back and and you uh, you pick that that team and you hope for the best. And if they win, then man, you're you're winning money. So maybe some people won a lot of money, but more I think the more people lost money. Exactly. The, you know who won the money? The Kentucky hater out there, <laughs> right. the person that's just like I don't like John Calipari. I'm betting against him to lose. I don't care who they playing. Right. Hey. Won a couple dollars off that. No, they did. They did, no doubt about it. So we'll talk all things NCAA tournament. Again, it gets uh, gets going again this afternoon. Very excited about that. Uh, some really good games in the Sweet 16. So Jason McCormick from Stations Casino, he'll join us at 3.30. So that's the guest coming up on the show today. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. First text message of the show today comes from East Bay Raider Gray. He hits up a 69187 keyword R&R and just responding to what you were saying about a number one wide receiver. He says, last time McDaniels had a number one wide receiver, Randy Moss and quarterback. They broke records, which is true. Which is true, and I don't know uh, how Josh McDaniels plans on attacking, uh, you know, with these with the offensive weapons that he has. But man, he's got some real offensive weapons. I mean, he's got some real deal dudes to work with, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm sure he's sitting somewhere in the lab just trying to put something together right now. Like, man, what I could do with Devontae Adams, what I could do with Hunter Renfro, and I really think Hunter Renfro is going to be the key. I think he's going to be. Um, I don't want to say the word joker because we've been using that word for the last couple of years. You know, he talked about Lynn Bowden Jr., then talked about Kenyon Drake. He's not really the joker, but he's going to be he's going to be one of those key pieces that everyone's going to be worried about Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and how they can come up with the big play. And then there's going to be Hunter Renfro just chilling there, you know, just chilling, getting open like he does. He's not going to have to have 100 catches, but he's going to have some he's going to have some big games just because all the attention is going to be on Waller. All the attention is going to be on Adam. So I really want to see how Josh McDaniels used Hunter Renfro and, and, and t- uses him uh, to his advantage in this offense. But the question that I want to throw out there to you, the, the show topic that I wanted to, to get into, and, and I've heard a lot of people talking about this, that the AFC West, of course, is wide open, man. I mean, all four teams, they really have an opportunity to, to win the division. But I'm hearing a lot of Raider fans say, oh, no, the Raiders got this division. They're, they're, they're going to take the division. There's all these talk shows are saying, you know, who's going to win the division a lot of folks still saying Kansas City. I think that you have to give Kansas City the props until they until they're knocked off. I mean, they're 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 on top. They've been on top. So until someone knocks them off, then so be it. That's where they're at. But I think it's going to be a dogfight between Kansas City and the Chargers. And hmm, hmm, I guess put the Broncos there. I mean, I'm thinking about the Broncos. I'm still on the fence with the Broncos. That's why I've hesitated. I'm still on the fence with the with the. Uh, with the Broncos. I mean, look, the Raiders, the Chargers, and Kansas City, I feel like I know what to expect. But Denver, I just don't. Right now, currently in Denver, a matter of fact, their stadium's on fire. And that's not me joking on it. I'm just, I'm serious. Right now, I don't know how their stadium all of a sudden caught on fire. But in the middle of the stadium, a bunch of chairs uh, and seats are on fire. And it's 
it's causing a big to do right now uh, in the Mile High City. So uh, strange occurrence going on right now in uh, in Denver. But that's that's just uh, that story. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Denver. I really don't. I know Russell Wilson is great. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know about anything else. Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know how he's going to be as a head coach. I know that that defense is supposed to be really good. But look, they had Vic Fangio there as a head coach who was an absolute defensive dog, right? He's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Their defense was supposed to be top-notch the whole time he's been there. And it's been height. It hasn't been all that. Just height. Yeah, it was just all right. I mean, that's just that's just reality. And and not Holly Robinson Peter height. I mean, more like just all right. Holly Robinson Peter height <laughs> is good. That's that's higher quality. So I hear a lot of Raider fans saying that they feel like the Raiders are gonna win the AFC West, and that's fine. I have no problem with, you know, your opinion. I don't know. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't know. I think the the playing field is very even, but I wanted to throw it out there because I wanted to hear your reasoning. The Raiders will win the AFC West in 2022 if, and you fill in the blank, if what happens? For me, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They will win the, they'll win the AFC West if they have the best offense in the division. Okay. Okay. And to quantify that, I do mean the highest scoring offense. Okay, so they have to score the most points per game. So what do you what do you what's your number? I remember Gangster Raiders said thirty points a game, and this was like two seasons ago. I laughed at him. Oh, that can't happen. The Raiders turned around and scored thirty points a game. You know they were able to get it done. I don't know. They they didn't score quite thirty points a game last year, but they were close. Yeah, thirty points a game, and also I don't want to put it all on Derek Carr's shoulders, but he's going. But also he needs to have over thirty touchdown passes. Last season he had twenty three. See that now? See that? That's I like that. I like that. That's more specific. I like that. So put a number on it. What, 35 how, touchdowns, Derek 35? Carr. 35? So, okay. What did he have last year, 26? 23. 23, sorry. The year before I, that was 27. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think that – and I, I felt like this for a while. I feel like 30 touchdowns a season is kind of a given. I feel like you, you just, just about have to throw for 30 touchdowns, right? Exactly. So, okay. So you're saying the Raiders will win the AFC West if Derek Carr throws 35? 35 touchdowns, yes. 35 or more touchdowns. That's DeMond's. I like that. That's that's a really good one. That's a great way to get specific there. So, Raider Nation, I turn it over to you. It's a Thursday. We're feeling good. I got my red polo on today. I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Again, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. I do have a couple text messages that I wanted to get to real quick. Raider MG said, Anthony Barr shouldn't leave the building if we get him to visit. Talk about the linebacker room. It's our weak spot. It needs improvement. Yeah, I agree. I think the linebacker uh, room does need some improvement. If they get Anthony Barr in the building, that would be big. Anthony Barr is a big time uh he's a big time uh, linebacker. That would be that would be a big a big get if they can get get him. Uh got another text. Q, you think Waller would hold out if he don't get paid? That, you know, I've heard a lot of people asking about that. I've heard a lot of people asking about Darren Waller and his contract because he signed a contract. I remember when he got that contract extension, a lot of folks said, man, going to give him that kind of money that quick. And now you look at it and you say, man, he ain't getting paid nothing, <laughs> you know, and he does have new representation and his new representation, Clutch Sports, they uh, make sure that their guys get paid. I think that that is going to get addressed this uh, this offseason. And honestly, we talked about it before, that $20 million that's going to come post June 1st. I think some of that's going to be uh, Darren Waller funds. You know what I mean? I think some of that's going to go. Uh, it's not a GoFundMe, but I think it's you know some of that is is the Darren Waller fund. I think some of it's going to be uh, to give him a, a contract extension or a contract boost. Uh, I think that what you've seen from Josh McDaniels and the way he runs his op- his offense, those tight ends are critical. I mean, and, and he's got one of the best in, in the game right now. Darren Waller is so stinking athletic, man. What he can do, you know, and it used to drive me crazy. And I'm hoping that this changes this year. It used to drive me crazy when he get a bunch of catches. 
and a bunch of yards. And then when you look at his total touchdowns for the season, it'd be like three. You know, because it just, again, we all go back to the issues that the Raiders have had in the red zone. It even, for a big guy, strong guy, fast guy like Darren Waller, it all shuts down in the red zone. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to this year is how efficient the Raiders are in the red zone. So to answer my own question, the Raiders will win the AFC West if their efficiency in the red zone like doubles what it was last year. Like it really has to take a step forward. Daniel Carlson can't be breaking records this year. Mm-hmm. If he breaks a record, great because he made the field goals, but not great because he made the field goals and he's having to kick field goals, right? Yeah, that's seven. That's three instead of seven. Right. Fabian, I know Fabian and I think Fargo Raider. I know they do that with uh, Clay on the morning tailgate all the time. You know, that's that seven. I'd be sitting next to Clay. Literally, this is how it'd go down. I'd be sitting next to Clay in the press box, and the Raiders would settle for three, and either Fabian or Fargo Raider or somebody would tweet at Clay and say, there's that minus four. There's that minus four. They would always do it faithfully, but that's the reality of it. That was a problem. That minus four, they got to eliminate that minus four. That ought to happen sometimes. The time that that was the regular. It's almost like they got into in, in, inside the twenty. Like, oh, they're kicking a field goal, and when they score a touchdown, I was like, hot damn! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. Like Fargo Raider said, didn't he say yesterday? He was like, hey, I'd rather than not even have to get to the red zone. Just go, just score. Yes, yeah, yeah, deep bombs. Yeah, there's a reason. He's shell shocked. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the red zone is like kryptonite. Start groaning. Yeah, yeah. And the Raiders are inside uh, the twenty. Uh, uh, here's the red zone. And Kevin Hart do that and thing like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> ah, here comes the red zone. Oh, damn it. That, that shouldn't be the problem. When they get in the red zone, they need to be cashing out, right? Exactly. So that's me. They got to they double that red zone efficiency, man. And I, and I apologize. I don't even know what their numbers were last year. I just know they weren't that good. Exactly. So I'll just go out on a limb and say double it. Simple as that. 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Listen to the line. Who we got up first? We've been talking about him, Fargo Raider. Oh, I didn't even know. That's funny. Fargo, what's up? Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Q and Demond. Thank you for taking my call. And yeah, man, you know, growing up, I played soccer. Um, and I, I played it as an adult. My coach has always told me, points that you don't score are points against you. Because the opposition is looking to uh, capitalize on every opportunity. And that's what we've seen. I agree with that. If we can, if we can start scoring in the red zone, you know, start getting twenty-one blackjack, seventeen plus four, and cashing out, I think we'll win the division. But my main thought on it actually is the best defense in the division is going to take it. I think. Okay. Because uh, everybody's going to want to be a high-flying, high-scoring. Um, offense this year we i mean the only ones that have lost pieces in the offense right now was the 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 ketchup and mustard people down <laughs> in missouri so i think it's going to be a defensive uh a defensive effort that wins us the division somebody was saying i can't recall who it was um that we may very well see a division uh leader with 10 or 9 wins because it's going to be so stacked in our division. It's not going to be a division where people run away with it anymore. And I'm excited about that. So I think defense is going to seal the deals for the for the division. And, of course, it's always minus 4Q. It is Fabian, the originator. He, he also made that graphic of the count. Huh. I made one of uh, Dave Ziegler as um, Anakin crossing... Oh. 
his lightsabers over the minus four, or not Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, because hopefully he came to bring an end to that sad, uh, that little sad era in our history. Um, thank you guys for taking my call. You guys have a great day. Hey, good stuff. Good stuff, my man. Yeah, I knew that it was, uh, you know, Fabian and, and yourself and, and everyone on the morning tailgate was always, that was the theme, the minus four. And and that's real, man. I like that. I, I really do because that is such a, a, a big key to success is cashing in, scoring those touchdowns, not field goals. Uh, got a text that said, only people who think we're winning the division are Raider fans. The national media all have us in last place, but it's better being the underdog. And I agree. I agree with that, but that's how I started the whole conversation was I've heard a lot of Raider fans say the Raiders are going to win the division. I just want to know why. So, yeah, you're right, and that's what every fan base thinks. People in Denver right now think that they're going to win the AFC West. I promise you. I promise you. Cody Rourke, who's been on the show many times, I, I see him when he tweets out to the fans, and and they're all, hey, man, uh, this division with the way that the, the Broncos play defense and with Russell Wilson and you got Jerry Judy and you got Cortland Sowell, man, this is this is uh, this is is for the, the, the Broncos for the taking. I see it. I see all this. So I pay attention to what everyone else is saying. I know Charger fans are feeling great. On top of the world. They, they feel, are. hey, man, they, they are, they're already, they're feeling like they're back in San Diego. They're on the beach in the best weather in, the, in America, right? They feel great. They feel fantastic. Because, like, we all, because we keep saying, like, oh, the national media, who right. cares what they say? They're the team that's like, they got us in first place. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So, oh, I know, I know. Believe me, I, I know what the national media is saying right now. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking about Raider fans in general. That's why I want to ask because I respect Raider Nation as the most intelligent fan base in pro football. I just, I just believe that even though some people tell me that they don't watch games. But that's okay. <laughs> that, that did take a little bit of the street cred away. <laughs> I got a couple of people in trouble, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that took a little bit of the street cred away. Oh, y'all don't watch the game? Nah, I ain't watching nothing after the Raiders lose. Oh, well, man, you just told me about the whole division last week. You just told me about the AFC North, and now you say you don't even watch the game? Y'all told on yourself. You did. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's all <laughs> Who we got up next? Raiders Dizzy. Stizzy, Stizzy, Izzy. What up, man? What up, guys? Raiders, Stizzy, man. How y'all doing today? Yeah, we're blessed. All right, man. Raiders are going to win the division if they if D.C. gets protection, especially that O-line. We can have all the toys in the world, all the weapons, but if he's on his backside, we can't utilize his skill sets. We can't win. So they're going to win the division if they get some protection, the O-line. I like it. I like it. Hey, great call. I agree. Call Magnum. Call Trojan. Protection is needed for D.C. Simple. Hey, man, that's simple. Straight up. I've been saying it for a while. That that offensive line needs to be worked. It needs to be constructed again. Not constructed again. It just needs to be refined. And it's at the right, the right side of the line. And I know some people are saying, oh, man, Leatherwood's working out. Put him at tackle. Why waste an offseason? Why not just focus on one thing? And say, look, dog, be the best guard you could be. Don't try to put him back at tackle and then it doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden he's got to move back to guard. That's wasted time and energy. Stay right there at that guard position. It don't matter if you were supposed to be a, a tackle or not. You're not. So be it. Just be a guard and be great at it. Because you're needed. I mean, that's the thing. He's needed. And he, you know he's got the mean streak to him. You know he's, he's big and strong. So he can do it. He's just got to find the right fit. Put him at the guard and bring someone in that could be a big-time tackle. Solidify that line because just like Stizzy, Stizzy, was his name Stizzy? I think so. Stizzy. Stizzy, Izzy, I think it was one of the two. I like that name. That's a cool name. Anyway, just like he said, 
Car can't do nothing from his back, man. If he's if he's not getting protection, it don't matter if you got Jesus out there running nine routes. It don't matter. Now he might catch him, but still, nobody else is. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Red Rod. Red Rod, welcome to the show. Hey, what's good, Q? And, and you can 100% guarantee that, G, that Jerry Rice, a.k.a. Jesus in cleats, is catching that damn ball. <laughs> um, but what I want to say is the Raiders are winning the West because they will have an improved offensive line play. Their defense is going to be much improved, especially in the third down area. And last and certainly not least, the creativity in the red zone will actually be apparent instead of, um, you know, lacking. The okay. best I could say for Gruden's um, creativity in the red zone was it left a lot, a lot to be desired. And Greg Olson, for everything that he had to do, picking up for happened, bro, still no. Oh, man, you're cutting out, brother. You're cutting out, man. You must have hit that uh, that dark spot. Or else your phone was trying to censor you before you uh, before you said something wrong. But uh, we got the we got the gist of your call, man. I do appreciate you. I think we got time for one more call before we get to Ed Grady. Go ahead. Who we got up next, Doc? Gangster Raider. Gangster Gangster. What's up? What's on your mind? Hey, what's happening? Chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Raiders, Raiders winning division because we're going to score 38 points per game this year. And I know you think that's a lot, but like you was just talking about the minus fours, take away two of those field goals and turn the touchdowns. We got 38 points right there. And the other point is the red zone. Not only a red zone offense, but a red zone defense. Mm. We sucked in red zone defense. We gave up 80% yeah. touchdowns every time the other team got into the red zone. 80% of the time they scored touchdowns. If we can cut that in half to 40, you know what I'm saying, if that yeah. other team scoring 40% of the time they in the red zone, and if we can increase our red zone, which I think we will, that's why we're going to score 38 points per game. And also, like the other caller, um, Steezy said, we got to, we, it's a must to improve that defensive, I mean, offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If we improve that offensive line, give Carr at least four to five seconds where he don't have to be happy feet and he can be there comfortably and look at the weapons. You know what I'm saying? I think and he got the quick release, so if we can just give him four to five seconds to where he can go through his progressions and get the accurate pass off, then we're going to win the division because we're going to average 38 points per game. Our defense is going to limit um, touchdowns in the red zone, and we win the division. You know what I'm saying? Also, I think Kansas City hurt themselves by getting rid of um, Tyree Hill. And the only team's really going to be competing is us and the Chiefs because everybody thinks the Chargers are going to be all that. But I think they're going to be um, um, going to demise because of their coach. Their coach is going to shoot them in the foot. Also, I feel about Denver's coaching staff because they're new, they're rookie, they're gelling. I don't think they're going to be a factor. So I think it's going to be a competition out of us and Kansas City, only two teams that made the playoffs last year. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to win the division because we know how to beat Kansas City because of the Tyreek Hill trade, you know what I'm saying? So his division is ours to lose, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. We the notorious, oh-so-glorious Raider Nation, and let's keep it gangster. I'm gone. Yeah, there he goes right there. Gangster, gangsters, gangster Raider working on getting his uh, his lawyer on, man. I ain't mad at you. We got uh, Astronaut Raider, and we got Gangster Raider worried about working on getting that lawyer skills. Real quick, I thought it was astronomical when he said 38, but the last team in the NFL to score 38 points a game were the 2013 Denver Broncos. They had 55 passing wow. touchdowns and 16 rushing touchdowns. Wow, they averaged 38 points a game? 37.9, but let's round That's up. That's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Who, am I? Yeah. Who am I to go ahead and get, get critical over a little bit of a number here or there? And then 36.7, the 2007 New England Patriots. 
Okay. So oh. they, let's say they average 37 points a oh. game. So Josh McDaniels knows a little bit something some, some. about being in that area. You know what? I'm glad you did that because I was going to say 38's asking a little bit much. It and, is. And, and it's funny because <laughs> Gangster Raider said it. Susie said he's like, I know you think that's a lot. Like, he knows me really well. He knows I was about to say that's a really high number. But I'm glad you brought that up. We got one quick text, and then we'll take a break. Get to our guy, Ed Graney. Sal Salazar said, uh, Q, looking for Edwards to have a Jerry Porter-type year by taking advantage of great players around him. I like that. I like that. I was a I was a Jerry Porter guy until, well, until we all weren't. But uh, I like what Jerry Porter was able to bring to the table as a guy that nobody was really paying attention to on that uh, on that defensive side or on that offensive side of things. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be... That would be interesting if he was able to have a, a, a Jerry Porter-type year. He's got a lot of work to make sure he makes a squad. 228 is the time. When we come back, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Review Journal will join us. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. In a matter of minutes, we'll have Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Review Journal, joining us. Talk all things Raiders and what he thinks of the new front office, what they've been able to do so far. Threw the question out there. Got a lot of great response already. The Raiders will win the AFC West in 2022 if... Ton of good answers. You just fill in the blank. I love it. Big Dub Raider said on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, think we'll win the division if we create more turnovers. McDaniels will definitely create more opportunities in the red zone. Go Raiders. Turnovers. That's a big key. That's something that Patrick Graham's defense is going to want to do. And that's something that he traditionally has had as defenses that create turnovers. He's good at creating turnovers, and he wants to make sure those guys go get the ball. Now, everyone wants to get turnovers. Everyone wants to go get the ball. Doesn't mean that you can. But they got to make they got to make the opportunities. They got to take advantage. Just think if they had taken advantage of the of the balls that actually literally hit them in their hand last season. I'm not trying to pile on Trayvon Merrick, but that's another win right there. <laughs> he had a, he had one against the Washington Football Team squarely in his hands, and he was looking at the end zone to go score a touchdown when all he had to do was intercept the ball. That was one right there that I remember. I know Nate Hobbs had a couple opportunities. Casey Hayward had a couple opportunities. There was a lot of easy turnovers aren't easy to create, but there was a couple easy ones that the Raiders had last season that slipped right through their hands. We always laugh and joke and say, that's why DBs are DBs, because they don't catch the ball. But come on, man. (laughs) Get on the juggle machine, right? You've got to create some more turnovers than they did a year ago. Right now on the phone lines, we have our guy, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, part of the press box in the morning with Tyler Bishop, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Our sister station, of course, the RJ2, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Ed, thank you so much for your time this afternoon as always. uh, I wanted to ask you this. I know that this is – I want to word it so it's a a fair question to ask you. I I threw it out there. The Raiders will win the AFC West if. And I know that this is not me saying or you saying that they're going to win the AFC West. But for them to win or have an opportunity to win the AFC West, what do they need to do? Uh, Their defense needs to play really, really well, I think. I think, you know, I mean, so much has been made about their offense. I think think they're going to score points. I think their receivers are, you know, among the best in the NFL and definitely among the best in that division. But I still think it comes down to stops. I still think it comes down to, like, when I, I heard you coming on, creating turnovers. Um, I just think it's going to come down to the defense. Everyone wants to talk about Devontae. I get that. We should talk about him. 
um, Hunter, Waller, all those guys. Um, I'm still worried about the offensive line, mm-hmm. but I really think, and you, you could put throw in there to protect Derek Carr, but I think they'll figure that out, and I think they need to be better defensively. They The thing about it is they were so bad two years ago, Last year they were improved, but they still weren't ranked very, very high in a lot of metrics. Right. Um, so I think this year, if they can continue to prove on that and you know run the three four and find success in it, then I think they have a chance. What do you think of what they've done so far with that defensive line? They they re-signed Max Crosby, gave him that contract extension. They brought in Chandler Jones, traded out Unique Ngakwe, and then they added a ton of beef right in the middle with four defensive tackles that are all over three hundred pounds. What do you think of just the way that they're starting to assemble that defensive line? I think they've done a really good job. Just look at the two ends. Um, and then, like you said, all the big guys in the middle. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out in playing the 3-4. Um, I'm excited to see how it plays out. But when you can have those two ends, really, like you said, Q, all you need is some beef up the middle and, and to get some push from those guys. So I think they've done a really, really good job. I, I think they've done a really good job addressing needs. There's still some needs. You know, um, you and I have talked about Jonathan Abram. You know, where is he really going to fit? And, you know, how is he there? Um, who are the corners going to be, who are the backups going to be, linebackers, obviously. It's going to be interesting to see who their linebackers are. I'm not as worried about them as I am other spots. Um, so I think they've done a really good job up front. I, they've added you know, defensive talent. They should be better defensively right? Um, but with who they've added. But, again, you know, the proof is when we see it on the field. Um, and I do think if they're better defensively, then they've got a chance in that division now. Um, it was funny. We were talking on our show this morning. I'm not a huge gambling guy, but I do like to see odds. I like to see what, you know, the, the books think. And, you know, the, 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 after the Hill trade, the Chiefs um, are still, uh, I think, plus 150. Right. Then came the Chargers at 240, the Broncos at 270, and then the Raiders at plus 600. And that's, that kind of shocked Tyler and, all, Tyler and I. Not that we said, hey, they shouldn't be fourth right now. They've, they still have a lot to prove. Those other teams have also, you know, improved themselves. But that was a huge jump from, like, 270 to 600. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get that because I think the Raiders should be a lot closer. I think it should be kind of bunched. I think they're all kind of, you know, they're going to beat the heck out of each other. And we were saying also today, you know, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but could the winner of that division be, like, you know, 11 and 6 because everyone's going to beat each other up? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they all have to play each other twice. And if they all beat each other up, we were going over schedules this morning. I don't know if you're going to get a team with a ton of wins that wins that division because I think they're really close. They're all really, really good teams. Yeah, you easily could see two or three teams. You could easily see three teams, really, in the playoffs from the AFC West. I mean, it's just that good. There's actually a way that all four teams can make the playoffs. Not likely, but you never know. No, but mathematically, we had Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk on today, and he said the exact thing you just said. You know, it's not likely, obviously, because the AFC is just – we went over um, some teams the other day for seven spots, and – you know, we came up with 11 or 12 teams, and at that point, you know, we had Miami, you know, right there at the 11th, but then that was before they, they made the trade. So, unlikely all four would get in, but mathematically possible. So, you know, I, that I'm not going to fall down a three make it, because I just think it's, I think it's the best division in football. It's just going to be, do they beat up on each other enough to where the records kind of don't line up? Right, exactly. I want to ask you one more defensive question, then DeMond's got one for you. Uh, do you feel like, because Stephon Gilmore, Honey Badger, those names are still being floated around and kind of associated with the Raiders, do you think that they need a veteran corner or a veteran safety still to be added to that roster? I mean, I don't think you can ever have too many good corners in that, in that scheme So um, and safeties, let's be honest. So 
if you could get yeah, at the price. I don't know what those, you know, that's the thing. And I maybe they're still floating around for the price they want and what the market's bearing on them. Um, sometimes we've seen guys think what the market's going to bear, and then they start going out there, and, you know, it's, it's, it's different what, what the teams are willing to do. So I think they, they, both those guys would upgrade them at this point. Um, and like I said, I, 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 I could know after they've watched film, and, you know, I, I know I think, I think they said a little bit about it when the coordinators talked about Jonathan Abram, but I really want to know what they think of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I really I, I kind of can't wait till tank camp to see where he fits in this and all this. I think Trayvon Morgan had a nice first season. Um, I think they probably like him. So, yeah, I think if you're talking about Stephon Gilmore or Honey Badger and you can do it and you can make it work, you know, money-wise and everything else, I, I just, I mean, I guess I should put it this way. I don't think it's a negative. Right. Um, I don't think either of those guys would be negatives for sure. Talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, and also uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal does a lot of fantastic work for them as well. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, and if we had to give out the grainy grades when it comes to <laughs> AFC West offseason additions with the uh, free agent signings and trades, where would you rank the four teams? Does anyone get an A for the moves that they've made this oh, offseason? Oh, man. The grades putting me on the spot. <laughs> um, That's how we do around here. <laughs> man, the grades. This is, I, this I is usually Jared behind the paywall. <laughs> I wish Jared was there so he had the grades. Um, start pushing buttons um, because he loves to push buttons when I do these things. Um, boy, that's, that's a great question. Um, I actually, that's tough because Russell Wilson, I think is going to improve that team a lot. Um, so I, I, I think they did really well. Um, you know, with Khalil Mack and some of the defensive guys, the chargers added, um, and then the Raiders, I, if you just take Russell Wilson as one guy, um, I'm going to say the Raiders and chargers would be like my top two teams in terms of additions. Because the Raiders needed that, guys. I mean, they needed yep. a number one receiver. They needed uh, a rush end opposite Crosby. You know, and they, I thought Unique was really good, but I think the guy they got is better. Um, so I, I think the Raiders and, and I think the Chargers did a really good job too. That's not to say the Broncos didn't, because again, he's such a he's such a great ad. He can make the world a difference. Because I think there's a pretty good team around him. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine had they not made that ad and they still they still said, "Hey, we're going to go with Drew Lock in this division." Huh. Um, put it this way, we would have known who was plus 600 at that point. <laughs> the Raiders. Yes. Um, so I think the Raiders and Chargers, not to take anything away from those other two teams, because, and you know what, maybe the Raiders needed to be that team to add the most. I mean, that's the other thing we forget. Maybe they needed to be the team. I know they made the playoffs to finish second, but maybe, especially defensively, they needed to, and we all know they needed a number one receiver. So I think they've done really well, and maybe they're not done, like you said. I mean, maybe someone like Stephon Gilmer or someone like that is still out there to grab. And you cannot have – all I know is this team can't have enough good defensive players. Like, I, I, I don't know much about it, but I, I, I know they, the, better, the more defensive players they get on that side, I think the better chance they have of continuing to win the division. All right, Ed, it's just me and you right now, okay? Nobody's listening. <laughs> just me and you. The baseball team is doing great. To, no, no, Ed. We're gonna the UNLV this- baseball team is undefeated in conference <laughs> play, I believe. But we are going to keep it in the Mountain West. Uh-oh. Don't you think that Fresno State's taking too big of a victory lap with this? Did they win the basketball tournament? No, I'm talking about with Devontae Adams. Oh, that, sounds, that just sounds like a hater to me. That just sounds like straight <laughs> hater you know, right there. It was almost a decade ago, and I've seen Fres- I- Fresno State was in something called the basketball tournament, which was below the NIT yeah. and below the CTI and CBI, and yep. I didn't know what the basketball tournament was. And I, they, for all I know, they're still playing in it. I don't know. I love basketball tournaments. You win a game, and then they say, well, we'll figure out who you're going to play next next week or something like that. So that's always a good tournament. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, let's. Well, I'll throw it back on you. If they both went to UNLV and UNLV was acting this way, would you be okay with it? Oh, I'd be throwing a parade. I'd be doing backflips. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be throwing a parade too if, it, if those two were my guys and they came back together. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and let's be honest, Mountain West football. You know, Boise's had some national moments, but the the publicity isn't jumping off the pages of whether it's on radio or, or newspapers or wherever. So, anytime you get a chance to kind of toot your horn and, and run around and say, those are our guys, I would do it too. I know UNLV would, yep. and they should. I mean, those guys are, you know, they're top, you know, if Derek's a top 10 or 12 quarterback and Devontae's a top one or two receiver, um, I'd, I'd be screaming from the rooftops too. It's not going to last very long. I mean, you know, they, right. they got to go prove it then. they got to they got to go prove that all of these things people are being said about them are true. It's, good. it's great for recruiting. It's great for recruiting. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh. So that's I, what I would lead with. Any quarterback or <laughs> wide receiver, I'd lead with it in the room, of course. Exactly. Hey, you come here, you could be just yeah. like that guy right there. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. And that, yeah, that, that's great for recruiting. Maybe I am hating a little bit. Of yeah, him. he is. He is. He he, oh, yeah. he, he yeah. ain't ever been recruited on anything, including like the the YMC team that plays on Saturday morning. He ain't been recruited for nothing, so that's why he's hating like that. Well, Ed, let me go ahead and close it out with this. We didn't really talk to Vontae Adams because well, everybody's been talking to Vontae Adams, but. What do, what are your expectations? He's got Darren Waller alongside of him. He's got Hunter Renfro alongside of him. Uh, assuming that the Raiders put together a really good offensive line, and that's still to be determined. Well, how do you think that this offense could look? What do you think Josh McDaniels could do with those weapons? I th- and we talked about this so much on the morning show. I think he could have a great great year and not have the numbers he had last year because I think he's now. I mean, we've seen what Josh McDaniels can do with slot receivers. Mm-hmm. If Darren Waller's completely healthy, and I think that would be good for Devontae Adams because if he's got other guys and he doesn't have to be the guy every red zone play, every play, I think that would make him happy too. So I think he's going to have a really, really good season, and you, I think you could see his numbers come down and others pick him up because, again, I can't wait to see what McDaniels does with Hunter Renfro, given some of the guys he's had in those spots in the past. And, you know, this all predicates on Waller's health and if he's 100% and stuff like that. So I, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, I know I heard, you know, I heard your interview with him. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I watched, uh, came into the facility. Um, 2.30, uh, 2 o'clock turned into 2.50. That's the writer in me. <laughs> right. Um, not being happy. But, um, no, I mean, I think, I think he's going to be really good. He's going to be 30. That's the other thing that's going to be interesting over the next couple of years, you know, Everyone says there's always, you know, you hit that 30 mark for positions, you know, how much do they fall off? So that'll be interesting to watch as well. But I think with the guys he's playing with now, he's got to be really, really happy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And let me know, let me tell you, Ed, I mean, you were angry about the 250. I was angry about the 250. It made terrible radio as we were up here trying to dance. So uh, <laughs> we we were awful. I, I, you know those days you go home and you're like, I know that that show sucked. Everyone else might not have realized it, but I know it sucked. That's how I felt. I was so angry yeah. about that show. It was terrible. I mean, that's, I kept getting texts from people, too, 210, 215, 220, 230. And, uh, hey, it is what it is. He came in, had the suit on, looked good. And uh, now they got to go to work, man, you know. A lot of good publicity, but yep. now they got to go to work. And you know, I like I said, I if I could keep adding to that defense, I would because I think that's the key. I, everyone's talking about the Car and Adams and everything, but you, I heard you coming on. You got to stop people and you got to create more turnovers. Right, spot on, spot on. Well, Ed, before we let you go, uh, what do you got coming out on uh, the Review Journal? What are, what are you guys doing on the press box that we need to be on the lookout for? A lot of stuff in the Review Journal. You know, the Golden Knights with the. Um, uh, the Donoff trade and the yeah. nonsense that happened there and the mess up. So we're going to talk about that and write about that and be at the Chicago game on Saturday without Mark Andre Fleury this time. 
And then on the press box, it's Adam Candy and myself tomorrow. So we'll take Adam Candy and I'll take uh, take you through the Sweet 16 and Raiders and have some Golden Knights guests and uh, and uh, try to get through the show. Does uh, does Duke's does Duke's uh, run does Coach K's run end tonight against the Red Raiders? I hope not, because I want to see him lose to Gonzaga. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that, that a guy. What a at guy. least, at least he's got a reason. At least he's yeah. got a reason. I love it. I hope, I'd love for, I'd love to see Gonzaga beat him. So, that, and I, I guess I'm not showing my bias in that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad I at you. See Julian, I want to see the Liberty High Julian Strother kid at the Final Four. I think that'd be cool. Hey. And, and play, he was there last year, but I mean playing this time. Right, right. Hey, man, it's always good to see someone local do something good and shine on the next yep. level. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Great stuff as always, my man. I do. Appreciate you. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he goes. Ed Graney, fantastic job as always. Uh, does a great job on the press box every single morning with Tyler Bischoff. Tomorrow, Adam Candy will be stepping in for Bischoff, but you can also check out all of Ed's work on the Review Journal. 248 is the time. When we come back, you know what? Before we come back, hold on. Hold on. Let me go on and do this before DeMond gets mad at me. He He's holding me back where I don't give out these things. So I want to make sure I give away a six-foot classic sub right now for Porter Subs. Looking for caller number 9, 702-365-9200. Going to give you a six-foot classic sub from Porter Subs, and that's going to get you in to win a new Yeti cooler from Finley Volvo Cars in Las Vegas. They are the proud sponsor. We appreciate them. Hit us up. Caller number 9 is what I'm looking for. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan of the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give big ups to my guy Jay. Got hooked up with that six-foot sub from Porter Subs. More importantly, they got you in to win an opportunity to get that Yeti cooler. Everyone loves a Yeti cooler. Keeps everything cold. Everything. Keep that thing cold for weeks. Yeti coolers are fantastic. Also, big shout out to Finley Volvo Cars in Las Vegas for sponsoring the whole contest. Uh, the Yeti cooler will be given away at the end of the month. And if you look at the calendar, well, it's the end of the month. So that's going to be coming right around the pipeline. Uh, matter of fact, I think tomorrow will be the last time we get someone qualified. And then next week, we'll be calling a winner. So uh, big ups to you, Jay. We do appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Sal. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, what's going on, Q? Hey, man, I'm chilling. <laughs> Hey, I just heard that the Denver is trying to get a new stadium by burning it down. <laughs> I heard it was on fire or something. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. <laughs> Let it burn. Right, right. <laughs> hey, no, man, just to get back to what you guys are talking about, I believe it was uh, what can we do to to uh, win more games or, or to improve. Yeah, right, the, the, like the, Ra- the Raiders are going to win the AFC West if, and then you fill in the blank. I think they'll, they'll win it. If we can uh, come up with uh, making a real home field advantage, which means being mm-hmm. a solid uh, competitor at home, I mean, winning all of our home games, you know, and also improving, uh, which I believe we have the players now to do it, is to improve in the red zone because, uh, you know, that cost us a lot of opportunity last year. And also uh, to actually really, like you said, make those plays, man. When we have the opportunity to close out games, we got to close them out. You know, we let too many teams, you know, I would say maybe two, three games off the hook that could have increased that, our opportunity to a better seating last year. But, you know, we got to close out games, and I really think that, and I think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be a real home uh, competitive advantage. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder myself, 
and I sit down there in 123 in the black hole, man. And, nice. You know, last year uh, it was it was cool. You know, it was real cool, but we did have a lot of opposing fans, and I think now with the hype and with what people are going to want to see, I think it's going to be a real good home advantage, and I think we need to represent. You know, we need to black out all of our home games, and we need to come with it, and we need our team to come with it at home. And I think if we close out games at home and make it a real, real hard uh, uh, for our opponents to come in and, and actually even attempt to win in our stadium, I think it's going to be it's going to be a great, great season, man. All right. Hey, good stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, you know, creating that home field advantage there at Allegiant Stadium, you know, you got to remember, last year was just the first year with fans in the stands, right? I mean, Allegiant Stadium is still young, so there's still some kinks that need to be worked out. There's still got to be, uh, you know, some habits that have got to be formed. Uh, I think that that's, I think that's a big, big deal. And that's a, a really good point. And we had another text uh, from Ty in Missouri. He said the Raiders will win the division if – they could win five games at home this year. And so I, I, I just thought, you know what? Let me go back and see how many they won at home last year. Because off the top, I don't know. They won the first game against Baltimore. That was Monday Night Football. They knocked off the Dolphins week three. So that's two wins. Um, let's see. Then they won against the Eagles. That's three. That was week seven. They, they beat the Broncos week 16. So that was four. And they beat the they beat the uh, Chargers week eighteen, so five. So they got five last year. Right now, someone's like, "Yeah, kid, we knew that." <laughs> also, real quick, the My Las bad. Vegas Review Journal put out last night that Allegiant Stadium won a national survey. Saw that number one for uh, fan experience. Yep, it was number one. It was ranked number one for fan experience. Yeah, that's big. That's big. And and you knew it would be. I mean, think about all the acts that were there alone. It started off the season with what? Ice Cube and Two Short performing Boom. and Carlos Santana performing. That was in preseason. I mean, right, right. No, the no, they had uh they had uh Two Short and, and Ice Cube to start this season. Yeah, that off. was season. Yeah, that, that was, was Monday Night Football. Yes. Remember that was week one. Yeah, we had Two Short on the show. Remember that? Yeah, first game. Yeah, yeah. Uh who else was there? Little Chris was there. Uh Lil John closed things out. But even all the other acts, Run DMC was there, Rev Run, he was okay. Marshmallow was okay. Yeah, he was that was okay. more of a light show. More than yeah, anything. that was more of a light show. Rev Run, I expected more from. What did, What did you expect? Um, I expected what I what's in my mind when I think of Rev Run and Run DMC, and it was more just kind of like that's older Rev Run, and it's just it's one of those things you didn't you, expect to see a, a sixty year old man up there. Yeah, you know, you get you get a, a, a thought in your mind, and sometimes you don't want to see what reality is, and and reality wasn't very good. I thought Rev Run actually was a little disappointing, but. You know, you saw Chris Angel hanging from the sky. I still, don't, I still don't know how he did that. I still don't really know what he did either. It was kind of weird, but it was kind of cool because he was really high up. Good thing he didn't fall. That would have been bad. I'm just saying. Yo, what you know, man. Mind freak. <laughs> did you say mind freak? Yeah, that's the name of the show. Oh, okay. All right, well, call himself. Well, there you go. Now I know. 258 <laughs> is the time. When we come back, we'll uh, kick off hour number two of the show. We'll be talking with Rob Collins from Fox 4 Kansas City. Had a chance to catch up with him earlier today. This is Red Nation Radio 920.